Hey, I'm your host, Lamar L.A. Smith, and welcome to another episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. Today, I'm with Isabella Nino, a chef, author, and entrepreneur. And one funny thing that I've learned about Isabella since, I mean, we haven't known each other a long time, but we're in the same, like, author community. She's, like, full of energy. Like, I'm telling you, immediately when I first, you know, started talking to her, like, on Instagram, like, via uh, direct message. I was like, dang, she she making me want to raise my energy. So I'm hoping that she can give you some great cooking tips. I'm going to be taking notes mentally and also learn more about, you know, why you started writing your book about your entrepreneurship journey. And, you know, obviously we're going to talk about college a little bit as well. Of course. Thank you so much for this amazing introduction. I'm so happy to be here. Um, well, a little bit about myself. So like Lamar introduced, my name is Isabel Anino. Um, I started college and I graduated college on UF, which is the University of Florida in Gainesville. So I'm a Gator. <laughs> and um, the journey of rivals my- I went to Kentucky. Oh, so we're rivals. So we're rivals. <laughs> But my journey for the book basically started on my last semester of college because um, I was a little bit lost. I think everybody in that um, moment in time, like they don't know exactly what to do. And also the hard thing is that sometimes the thing that you study in college is not the thing that you actually do. So for me, I study advertising and I have always been very passionate about like cooking and everything that entails like in the kitchen. But I like to say that I have my alter ego because Isabella, you know, doesn't cook at all. Like I'm super lazy at the kitchen, but when it comes like to a really good recipe or get my hands into the kitchen, I I, I become drooling goddess. So that's what I like, like call my alter ego because it's not always like very, I'm not always motivated to cook, obviously. So whenever I'm hands down, I'm like, this is drooling goddess right here, right now. Right. <laughs> <And> literally. <laughs> exactly that. Um, so to continue, um, I I wanted to get like uh, my my dream job has been to work for Food Network and I just wanted like to have my own segment and things like that. So um, this opportunity of writing the book presented to me because I was I was in that time working at a magazine. So they had a lot of like connections and things like that. And one day they sent just like an email and they like for this opportunity to write a book. And I'm like, great, I'm going to write a cooking book. I'm going to have leverage and then Food Network is going to hire me obviously <laughs> reality is not that beautiful and um I started to write the book and then I I was like okay I'm writing the book it's going great but like this needs a lot more production that I imagine because it's not like just like a novel like poetry that you just write and it's there it's more like of like taking pictures doing the recipe testing and one thing that really um for me was hard was doing the recipe testing because I I cook a lot like from the eye so like to actually give the recipes to somebody that probably doesn't have any type of knowledge in the kitchen is like, I have to be very specific. So I think that was the hardest part. So 
at that time I had to stop and actually find a full-time job <laughs> and um, that's when basically I started my corporate job and um, on the side I did the book as well so it's been three years and it's already launched so you can see it right here um, and now yeah I'm very happy very excited having different opportunities still have my corporate job so we're good nice dang that was a I was a mouthful but just with you with that first like bio class the first thing that comes to mind is I don't realize how many similarities that we actually had like even before this conversation one you went to University of Florida I'm not going to say I'm a Florida fan but you know I'll make an exception <laughs> we can say that Gators are the best like you you're you're my favorite Florida Gator so exactly okay that's good I'll, say, <laughs> I'll show SEC some love so it was that as well and then you know your book journey like you said you started you know in your last semester of college me I wasn't an undergrad but I started my last semester of graduate school that's when I started writing my book and when I realized that like you said uh what I wanted to do all this time is not really what I wanted to do thought I was gonna be a journalist uh had all the internships had all these different opportunities but I was like in order to get what I ultimately want which is financial freedom <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I don't like, want to say it it's just not just not just the money we but need, we need it we need the it. lifestyle too right the lifestyle of course of time course. right that wasn't going to be provided to me in journalism like I could potentially get a lot of money you know, if I'm like the Stephen A or the people that you see on SEC Network or ESPN, all those big type of corporations, but I wouldn't have my time. So but also like those, like, I think those people obviously have a career in their way yeah. so long that whenever they started, it was more into like having a corporate job after college. But nowadays with like social media and everything is that people are trying to find an alternative of what they actually like to be able to like work through this. And I think social media has opened a lot of um, different opportunities like TikTokers and people that are even gaining more money that people have been 20 years of corporate job so it's insane yeah. it's insane like life has shifted a lot in the last couple of years I can say that it's definitely crazy like like you said like it shifted so much that you see it a lot with people in our age bracket that now like you said people don't have to go a traditional path in order to make the type of money that they want to have the type of lifestyle that they want people have been tiktokers youtubers everything social media people like you said like are able to leverage a book in order to you know launch their entrepreneurship careers or give themselves more authority in a certain space which yeah. i didn't even think about until after i published the book so i'm in, oh yeah uh, i'm in the same route right now as you are so i can feel you and understand you like nobody because <laughs> yeah. like I wish I would have thought about that before I wrote the book. Like, yes, I want my book because I write, you know, fiction. I want it to be a movie, TV show, all that good stuff. But I was like, oh, this doesn't give me the authority. But I didn't realize how much publishing one book makes you now a big authority in one subject matter. So now me, I'm considered, you know, to be honest, a subject matter as far as when it comes to the collegiate life experience, like understanding how it works from a social aspect because I wrote, you know, it's, it's essentially, you know, nonfiction-ish, yeah. mostly based off my life, but 
a fiction experience about, you know, social life as a party promoter, you know, at college. But enough about me. This is about you. No, but also I want to reiterate on that because like something that I think it's very valuable nowadays is that people are creating for other people and they want to give that opportunity to other people. So I think that's very important because um, you're not just making a book for yourself. You know, you're making this book because you want to get that information through a different type of audience. And that I think is really important for the fact that Obviously, we we are always trying to serve somebody. So I think that ultimate goal is serving whoever you, you put your book in front of. Them. Well, yeah, I mean, that is a good point because I did make it to, you know, kind of service people in that same bracket that were young adults, you know, college students that didn't really know how to navigate college or just didn't know how they wanted to, you know, finish college, right? Finishing that college experience, moving on into, you know, that new adult world. And that's what the series I'm creating is, you know, about. But I am curious because you say you created a book because you're like, hey, now I got leverage with the Food Network, right? <laughs> Which is usually the opposite. I, I've heard of a lot of chefs making the books after their X, Y, and Z, you know. Oh, yeah, for shows. sure. That's always happens. For yeah. Sure. So, were you always interested in cooking growing up? Like, how was your childhood in that sense? Like, did they always have a love for food? Yes. Yeah, so I come from a Latin family. I'm originally from Venezuela. So for mm -hmm. Latins, I think it's really important the meal time to the us get together and actually have that meal, even though we have different schedules during the day and things like that. But we always at least have either lunch or dinner. So I think that was really important for me. And my dad is one of those guys that he hates a restaurant. Not, not that he hates, he enjoys going to a good restaurant. But if he knows that, for example, there's like a really good um, Spanish restaurant in Venezuela. And he said, like one day we were like, okay, let's go and like have some paella. And my dad is like, no, we're gonna cook it ourselves. So I have always had that connection with food because I think that my dad like help did a lot of things like around food by the fact of he cooking the food so there's a lot of like it comes way back from my dad and also my nanny was like a really good influence into my cooking because um I used to make a mess in the kitchen and she will be Isabella that's not how you do it so she taught me a lot of like basic steps of how to do it and my dad was more of like creativity because he loves like making like dishes creative and taste like his own like we call it in Spanish like his own sazon which is like that's like that sazon what does that mean it's like it's like spice of your own you can say it like that oh, um so he had okay. his own like spice of his own like probably the but yeah did wasn't the same as like the restaurant one but it was like really good that you say okay Luis Paella has his sazon, you know? Okay, I'm learning something. I'm learning something. I, like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The word, like, has the perfect meaning. Like, it sounds like it got that spice to it, it got that flavor, that, that originality to it. So, yeah, it's cool. I'm going to start using that. Like, <laughs> it's a song. Like, me. You know, it's just, that's all I'm going to say. But, uh, yeah, as far as like UFF, like UFF, like what made you pick University of Florida? Well, um, I actually 
my dad's pick for me because I was um I was accepted in different universities my my mom and my dad knowing who I am didn't want to for me to be in a like large city because probably I was gonna party too much (laughs) but um my cousin used to live in Gainesville so whenever I was doing all my applications and everything um they were like okay you have two options either you stay in Venezuela or you go to Gainesville and I didn't know what Gainesville was at that time like I have never ever like I heard of it because some of my cousins like older cousins studied there but like 20 years ago and then I heard about that but I didn't know what it was I just I just was told that it was like a small town like super small like tailgate season was good but like I went my obviously like my my future wouldn't be what it is right now if I didn't took the decision to go out of my country due to the problems political economical we can be a whole podcast on that but (laughs) um that gave me the experience to actually get out of my comfort zone and like look into a new city and like study something that probably I would like and add different people and also get the opportunity of like living by myself for myself so I think that thank you dad and mom because that was the best decision that they could ever have and I don't regret it at all it was four years of college and it was amazing opportunity tailgate season the classes the university itself I only imagine they call it something yeah, I'm missing college, right? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I feel old saying that. <laughs> I see people graduating I, I used to go to school with, and I'm like, dang, I'm only literally now four years removed from undergrad, and now I'm like, wow, it's it's all hitting me. Like it's, it's, all, it's we're literally. getting old, Lamar. We're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> me. I just turned 26, what, two months ago? So well, we, I turn next week 25, so. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, like, I told all my family, this is the, all, like, this is where I get, like, after this, I'm always turning 25, like, not, not 26, not 27, I'm always turning 25. I saw that joke on Instagram the other day, some girl, she posted her birthday, like, a couple of days ago, she was like, happy 25th birthday again. <laughs> I guess this is something you that a 40 year old woman that you can see that she's like older, but yeah. I'm going to be 25 for the rest of my life. <laughs> Got it. So just to follow. So you grew up in Venezuela, you moved to Florida for college and now you're in Texas. This no. Is- so I started, I lived in Venezuela my whole life. In 2015, mm-hmm. I graduated high school. So mm-hmm. in July, 2015, then August 2015, I moved to the United States, Gainesville Strait. And then I stayed there. Um, during college, I lived in different cities, uh, like for internships and study abroad and things like that. But then in, after 2019, I graduated. So I found my job in March 2020 before the pandemic. I was Ooh, like, so luck. grateful, so grateful. One of the things is that I didn't want to stay here after college. Like I didn't want to stay in Miami after college because I did want to like have a different experience because for me, Miami has been always like a second home. Um, I used to spend like when I lived in Venezuela, I used to spend my holidays here and everything. So I'm pretty familiar with every with this and this can be a toxic city if you allow it to. I knew that I needed a change. Exactly. So I knew that I needed a change and um, this opportunity presented to me to go to Dallas and 
no doubt in my mind. I was like, you know what? I'm leaving. I grabbed my two suitcases, rented a storage here in Miami, left half of my things and just went there. And I think it was, has, has been one of the best experiences of my life. And thank you, the pandemic also, because, um, after I was, I, after I started my corporate job, um, I meet amazing people. Like I didn't even speak Spanish over there because everybody were like, were super American. So the only time I used to speak Spanish was during FaceTime with my (laughs) siblings or my mom and my friends, because everybody only speaks Spanish and English. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So, um, the pandemic actually helped me move back to Miami. I'm right now in Miami and um we stayed eight months working from home during the pandemic and then it was like going forward and going forward and like there weren't any type of communications that we needed to stay or go back to the office so I talked to my manager I was like well since my lease just expired I'm just gonna go and go back to my family at least I can be there instead of renting a new place buying new furniture and all of this so after that, I moved to Miami and I was like in between my mom's house and my aunt's house, um, just like trying to figure out what I was, what was my next step because I didn't even know if I was going to have to go back to Dallas to work. Um, after that, they offered the opportunity to work from home because there was like a huge storm in Dallas. And I think that they figure out that they couldn't have all their people in one place. So um, my manager... Yeah, like it's like there was like this storm and Dallas. Um, it was a snowstorm. Imagine, like, what? Like, how's how is it a snowstorm? Exactly, exactly. exactly. It doesn't make any sense. So I think that obviously climate change and they were like, okay, we cannot have all our eggs in one basket. We're gonna situate some of our eggs in different places. So we were still from home at that time, and my manager actually moved states from Dallas to. Colorado so her whole team which is was me inside of that team was like okay well guys if you want to work from home we can but you have to sign a contract I'm like give it to me now I was like I'm staying here I just needed that so I can hey, write up the paperwork let's go <laughs> because like after I moved from Dallas back here I was with the, the same suitcase from Dallas because I couldn't like settle myself because I didn't know if I had to go back and forth and then after that I was like you know what like this is perfect this is exactly what i needed and everything happens for a reason like i am a huge believer of that slang and this has been the best decision and i'm right now working for at and i'm very happy with the company um my manager and co-workers are really great obviously it's not what i want to do for the rest of my life yeah, but it's what gives me the <laughs> but it gives me the lifestyle i love to live so it's a great good it's a great opportunity to have Nice, nice, nice. So now that I got the timeline in order a little bit now, I am curious because you already talked about a little bit, like what was the college experience like at University of Florida? I know being at a college town, it can be a lot, a lot of students, a lot of things going on every weekend, every day. So yeah, what was was the experience like? So... For me, coming from Venezuela to college, it was really exciting just for the fact that I wasn't going to live with my parents. (laughs) I was like, this is freedom. Like, I needed this. And I didn't even know it until I got there. But it was funny because I went one day, like a week before college started. So 
it is a ghost town like whenever like kids are not there like that is like you know that in the desert like that little thing that goes like well literally i saw like five of them. exactly i saw like five of them and i'm like with my dad and my uh, and my cousin which she went with us like just to leave like my bags and everything and i was like oh my god am i gonna study here like what is this like and my cousin was like don't you worry i got you wait for syllables we that's gonna be awesome i'm like i cried for like two hours i'm like dad you're staying like I, and the worst thing is that i didn't have a choice like i i could cry for hours but like it was this or venezuela and i prefer to be here than with the turtles rather than being venezuela so it wasn't like it was more like of a tantrum kind of thing but then i was like you know what i'm just gonna make this the best experience of my life if i'm here it's because of something everything happens for a reason and after that syllabus week came by and fall season is tailgate season so uh, all the games started like started to meet, meet new people like also like getting to know myself a little bit more because um I used to I grew up um with my mom and dad and like a really good group of friends but like in this society that it's very like don't do this don't do that you know to take care of this so I think that here I had the freedom to be whoever I want to be and that gave me I think college is for that basically is for figuring out what you want to do even though if you're not clear at that time you're at least going through the right passage because like I think my house is always back in Minnesota was always full of people and when I was here in college I was by myself and if I wake up it was my problem if I go to the gym it was my problem so I think that for me college was a really good experience to get to know who I am and what I want to do and the best years of my life like that sounds super cliche but it is it is the best years of your life oh wow man you're you're probably one of the first first people i met in a minute that probably liked college as much as me like little disclaimer about me i'm the guy that always liked school except i didn't like school because of the learning i like school because i love and connecting with people so I was a kid, I always wanted to go to school just to see my friends, just to do something new, just to like be in an environment with other people. So college, it's funny that you say you get the, the opportunity to be whoever you wanted to be. That's exactly how I saw college. And that's a big part of my first book, which was like the theme was people embracing their individuality and their, you know, what's special about them. And then the book I'm working on right now literally the theme is identity and how people shift identities when they get new environments when they get new people and like how you discover yourself and your own identity so I feel like there's a, a lot of tie into that with college like you said in general where you're kind of figuring out the ropes and you know me I feel like I was a different person every semester every year every semester it was <laughs> it, it, even even like every six weeks I think it was like you knew new people you met new things like even like walking into campus and then you pop in with somebody and like they drop their coffee and you start talking to them like yeah. it, like you can find connections everywhere and like life is about connections and about networking and it's such a good skill to have because without any connections you're basically nobody <laughs> yeah. so it's something I can recommend for guys that are in college do as much networking as you can like we sometimes take for granted a lot of like 
the events that are going out like in college because like if you if you wanted to attend every day an event at the university you can because there is an event for everything and they're free and for free and free food (laughs) (laughs) and i i took advantage a lot of that because i did a lot of networking during those events but also like obviously i understand that people have a life and sometimes it's like oh my friends are not going why, why am i gonna go there but you don't know what opportunity is behind that door. Like the only way to find out is just to put yourself out there and like discover it. So I think that one, one recommendation that I will give for college kids nowadays, like attend every event and network with everyone because you don't know if in 20 years you need something or you offer something to that person that they probably have something that to give to you as well. I need, I need a snap for that one. That was a bar. That was a bar. I'm going to have to post that clip as well on, on social media. That was a bar. And I want your book, The Identity One. I'm so curious about it now. Like, now that you mention it. Yeah. We have to exchange books, Lamar. I have to send you my book and you have to send me yours. Oh, sign a copy? Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, me too. Like, if we finish, if, whenever we finish, I will go to UPS and send it. Ship it I was, to you. you literally... <laughs> Hey, I don't like you. We're not connected, Lamar. <laughs> I was literally thinking the same thing. I was like, the post office closed at, at five. At like, seven. So I, I, like, I have some time. <laughs> I was like, I have enough time to go after this. I was, no, but really, let's coordinate. Like, after this, we will coordinate that one. Let's not take the time from the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I am curious, Will, if you want to know a snippet of, about my book before I ask you this question, I can, because like, or the, the identity one, yes. yes but I didn't just, um, I'm just very curious because I've learned, I have worked so much on myself. But, mm. Well, I do therapy. Like, I think everybody should go through therapy. Like, Agreed. I have a therapist as well. No, it's like I'm not dating anybody that is not going to therapy. Like, it's something like, it's not the fact of, uh, maybe I'm going to shift a little bit, but probably it's really useful for your book. But there's something that, from the eight from the ages to zero to seven we live so much things even though if you were in the playground and somebody grabbed the ball from you you took that probably as something i don't know like a sentiment and usually if we don't work those sentiments we grew up and then in another way in another scenario you react the same way probably as the little kid that took the ball from you so I think that the first stages of your life are really important of who you are. And I think that should be included, probably is included on your book because it is, it's basically the base of who we are. But then if we start going through life and obviously life is not easy, there are a lot of things going on. Life is beautiful, but it's not easy. And sometimes we don't understand why we behave the way that we behave. And if we don't talk with somebody that has a biased opinion about it, like, how are we going to know? Because we live with ourselves the whole time. And like, it's really hard to like, probably like somebody's bothered by me. I don't know, chewing with my mouth open. But like, since I have done it my whole life, I nobody has said anything to me. Like, it doesn't bother me. But if somebody says, hey, like you're chewing with your mouth, oh, wow, maybe I need to start chewing with my mouth closed because so I think therapy is really important (laughs) to becoming the identity. 100%, 100%. Like, like you said, you, you start with these, they can even be traumas or they can even be like gifts that you have, exactly. like 
but based off of how you grew up. And then when you get to be an adult, you have to unlearn or relearn certain habits just to be where you want to be. That's why, like, when you look at the demographic, generations stay the same way for so long because everyone gets taught the same thing and yeah. no one has the the tenacity or the will with all to or maybe they don't even know it and they're just a victim of whatever their whole family have been living when when in the reality of the case is that you can be your own person and cut all those i don't know strings attached to your <laughs> people <laughs> out there <laughs> so yeah my my book is no, uh -huh. it started about your book i want to know a little a snippet a, a little snippet a snippet all right so i'm gonna give you my my try to give you my elevator pitch for the book okay so essentially uh the main character of the book jack onovan which is obviously the name of my social media account as well he goes the you'll like this the miami miami beach area to become a club manager And he becomes the club manager of this club. And he finds out like super quickly, like the club is in the red, that if he doesn't save the club from closing, then he will be out of job and then he's going to be in this spiral. Will, also his good friend Rodney, who's from DC as well, he goes, plays college basketball at the nearby college in the area. And he is worried about if he's going to go pro or like, if he shouldn't go pro because he doesn't want that label is just always being the athlete. Like he feels like he has more to, to provide the people. Right. And then there's a, the two other main characters. One is a, his teammate that he was the face of the team. And now he's kind of like in his friend shadow. So he's kind of dealing with that. And there's some internal strife with that. And then there's an artist who he's never taken seriously, but then He wants to get taken seriously and he wants to make a career out of this, but he doesn't know how. And then all of them are kind of like trying to figure out who they're going to be and all trying to help each other out, like figure so out the interconnectedness. They're all connected. So all their stories are kind of connected and they have to another get their goals. That way it can be who they want to be. So it's basically like identity shifts between all four of them how they start off in the book and where they end off in the book and I feel like this is the book that really catapults the rest of the series that I'm creating for this like this is know. amazing Lamar congratulations you have a really good base and I love that they all gonna be interconnected in the end because you know those those movies that they start like really like Every character has their own thing, but then in the end, they're like sisters and they didn't even know about it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, once it's launched, I need to have first pre-sale. I need to be the first one. All right. I'm going to take note of that. So, Of course. <laughs> take note. I won't, take I won't advertise it anybody. I won't give anyone else. No, I want it because I, 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 I like the title. It's identity. I think it's something that I have like I told you I have been dealing with a lot of who I am and it, it like the I think this process of knowing yourself never stops because we are one person today and maybe something happens tonight and then I woke up different person you never know like I think experiences is what make us grow so I love the I love like the different characters and the fact that they have different careers Yeah. And even though they have different careers, the goal is the same for all of them. Yeah. 
Nice. I'm excited. Ayaba, uh, do you have a date? Like a tentative date? Uh, Are you on, let's not put pressure on that because I know how books, yeah, <laughs> creativity works. Last year I was supposed to drop it, but I didn't. No, actually I was supposed to drop it this spring, but I didn't because it's life just, happens. Life happened. So I'm putting it set in stone now. I can't give a firm date, but I don't care what I got to do. It'll be dropped next year. So right now, all I got to do is, you know, put up the secondary edits and then I'll go like, how you know with MVP, have an MRE, like review it and then cover, have the subsequent editing, like copy editing, and I'll be good. So Amazing. 2023 is very feasible. I just can't name a date because I don't know when I'll be I'm done. I'm still marketing this one. I don't yeah. have, like I have the idea of my second book and like this one. To be honest, it was my first book and it was like a lot of learning experience. And I think yes. we can say that to every uh, new author. Like your first book is not always gonna be the like you are very proud. Like I'm very proud. Don't take me wrong, but like you're not gonna be the proudest. Like you know, this is not gonna be the proudest work. Like oh, it always has to be a sequence. And like I think my second book, like for my knowledge and everything that I've been working on and everything, I think that I'm gonna shorten it a little bit because I have 40 recipes in here, which are a lot. Yeah. But then, like when I launched it and I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, I did a lot of recipes in here." <laughs> so I think it was a learning experience. So I think that uh, the second book is actually the proud of everyone because it's that is that book that you already went through all the steps to do it, but you are preparing to bring some more of what you learned on your previous book. So I think, yeah, yeah, like it, like you said, it's like a foundation, like. The first book is your baby. Like you'll always remember your first, but yeah. at the same time, you know that you just want to lay a good foundation that when you start publishing subsequent books, you like, dang, I grew a lot from the first book because you know it's, it sounds this way or I worded certain things better. Or even if it's just as good as quality, you promoted it a lot better. You knew how you was going to set things up a lot better. So like you said, it's all just a learning experience. You can't get focused on making that first book perfect because it won't be, no matter it what you be. It won't be. It won't be. And I can tell, like, that. that's probably for another podcast, but I can tell you that, that usually your first book is not what you expect, but it's that, like you said, your babies. Like, I, you have so much heart to it that it doesn't matter how it looks. It's just beautiful in your eyes. And you have to make sure that people look at it as beautiful as you are looking at it. 100%, 100%. So I'm going to ask you two questions before I get to our game, because we definitely talked about a lot. Like, I had this question, that question. I'm like, wow, we just all over. No, I love it. I love it. I just wanted to, like, seamlessly make it, you know, feel very natural. But my first question is kind of going back to our collegiate experience, what we was talking about. What was, what's the biggest way that you feel like you changed you know, from freshman year to like when you graduated? Wow, that is a really broad question. Yeah. But I'm gonna summarize it. So let's start when I got to college. That experience that I already told you that I was like, okay, we're gonna make this and stuff like the best experience I have ever had. Um, I think in freshman, I was very confused on who I was and what I like not what I wanted but like what I deserved to say something mm -hmm. like that 
So I think I was a really entitled person. So I, I think, and, and I'm not proud of this, but I'm not like that anymore. So I can talk it very freely. But I think I was entitled, like, because thank God, like I have grown in a family that has a lot of resources and I have all, has a lot of opportunities. So I think that I, I felt a little bit entitled. Like, I, like for me, college, it was a do, you know? And it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't a privilege. It was something that it needed to be done. So I think that in the beginning, I was a little bit lost. Well, obviously of figuring out who I was, like getting into like this new world that I like maintaining myself, like getting tips of money and everything like that. So I felt a little bit entitled. I think that during my years, I noticed that there are so much people more interesting than you are. Okay, because like, okay, there are two points to this. Like, you have you can have self-love and you can like be very sure of who you are and what you are but you can also be very humble of who you are and what you are so i think that i didn't i wasn't very humble at that time i was just entitled that i deserve everything that was put in my way and yeah i do appreciate that but now i'm a little bit more humble in the sense of like there's so much more people more amazing that i am and that, that i look up to because i want to be just like them and I think that in my end of my college, and even not that, like, I think in my end of my college, I was a still a, like a baby. I graduated with 22. So I was like really. Same. Yeah, I was a yeah. baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think that actually, like, my personal growth has been in the last three years after leaving college because college, it became like a the same thing you know like fall season we have um tailgate season spring then it comes spring break you know like it was the same routine basketball season too yeah it was like with different people but it was the same thing so i think that after i left like i've left college pretty mature and i in terms of like personally professionally emotionally but then after college, I think that's when it actually hit me. It was like, okay, now I'm literally by myself. So my mom and my dad are not expensing any more money on me. Like they already gave me my education. Then now it's on, like I have my own wings and I have to f- learn how to fly with them. Even though I knew how to fly with them, I didn't want to use them. <laughs> so I think that in the last three years, like after getting my job, getting a little bit of costume, I have grown much more than I was during college because exactly what I was saying is that it was the same routine, like fall season, spring, summer, spring break, you know, the same thing. Obviously different people rotating because some of my friends graduated and new friends come in. Um, But yeah, I think that my more, more, more of a personal growth, it was like after college. So I think college is very, you need to enjoy it. Like, don't take it too seriously. Obviously, like, make opportunities, go networking, go to the events, attend that dinner that you don't want to go, go out with that guy that you don't like. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, just be open to everything because whenever you are out of college, that's when the hard part starts. And that is when reality hits the fan. <laughs> that's when life truly begins, if you really think that's about it. That's when life truly begins. And I think that we don't learn um, from other people's experience. We learn from our own experience. And that's really important um, because some people may have different experience that you have, but until you don't actually leave the experience, it doesn't 
settled in and it doesn't make you learn what you needed to learn at that time so like growing is exponential and i'm gonna keep like maybe we're talking six months and i'm a totally different person you never know i love it (laughs) so i'm always open to like growth i'm always open like i don't i don't think i have stopped growing i don't think this is who i am but i'm happy now today september 2nd 2022 of who i have become but i know there are so many great things that are for me in the future that it's just i'm open to that growth for coming here dang maybe not even want to answer the second question because you just you just dropped the bomb again Second question. I'm curious. All right, all right, all right. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not leave you in suspense. All right, I'm gonna ask you a second question. So, obviously, we, we just said life truly begins at the college, and I can agree with you. I've learned so much outside of college. Like I thought I learned a lot being in grad school, but I was still in a way like using the help of my parents. Like still, you know, learning different things, even though now I was in my first apartment by myself but now you know not only you're at the college you're in a corporate job publish your first book after all of that you know what do you feel like is one lesson that you would give someone who was wanted to be an entrepreneur like yourself wanted to write a book like yourself and they're like hey you know what's the first step like what should I do Isabella I think write your list of priorities. What is your priority? How do you want to live? Because there's a lot of paths for entrepreneurship. I can say that there are people that they hustle every day and I admire those people. Like they hustle, they are just like trying to make it to rent, but at the same time, they're making like this um, business that they want to build and they they risk everything that they they want and eventually they get there because if you put that little grain of sand every day every day you will have a pile but for me specifically I like to live my lifestyle I like my lifestyle I like to travel I like to go to restaurants I like to go out and have a drink I like to I don't know spend money on stupid things like you never know you know So I think that you have to write yourself your priorities. So what is most important for you? If this business is everything in your head, dude, go for it. That's do whatever you need to do, because if that's the goal that you have, that's fine. For example, for me personally, the book has always been my goal. Yes, but it has not been my priority, which is different because like I am very, um, how do you say that word? I am very like, like given to what my book is like I want my book to be a success and I know in my heart that it's gonna be a success but also do I want to be struggling this whole time until I get there or do I want to enjoy life because you never know if tomorrow you're gonna be run over by a truck and that's where everything slows down and that's when you die and you're not here anymore and everything that you did it didn't matter so for me personally I think that I wanted I wanted to maintain my lifestyle of traveling, going out, be able to go to an expensive restaurant if I want to on a Tuesday, you know, rather than 
okay, I'm going to put all hands in my book and this is everything that I'm going to do and I'm not going to think about anything else and this is it. So I think that setting yourself the priorities and making a list is what it's going to, and for everything, even like in finances, like what is your priority for spending, you know, like yeah. those type of things because I think that this is a tabu and I'm going to say it, but the most thing that entrepreneurs struggle and deal with is finances they don't have money to provide whatever they want to provide for your book for example in my personal experience i am able to have my corporate job with thank god it like maintains me really well but as well i can use that money to also invest yeah. in my business, even though i probably won't get there in one and a half years like i could I know that I'm taking these baby steps because in the future it's going to be great, but at least I'm enjoying what I have right now. I'm enjoying this present moment with whatever I want and not be like held down by money in this case. Yeah. I mean, you, you just gave a very, very key thing, which is the priorities, right? You got to, you got to understand in the words of one of uh, my mentors and understand what you want and why you need it. Right. And once you get clarity on that, everything just becomes a lot simpler because whatever you focus on expands. If you focus on, Hey, I'm going to make sure I get this book done at X, Y, and Z time. Like I remember myself, I said, Hey, I'm going to get this book published by the end of 2020. And I did it. Like I was so focused on it. So everything that I did, it just, like worked out because, because I was so correct and I, let me um, um interject yeah like that here because I was writing my book for like the last three years but I think um there was something in my life that happened and actually that little thing is what pushed me to be like okay this is gonna be launched by December I don't care I don't care how I'm gonna do it but I'm gonna do it and in that time Probably before, it wasn't my priority to launch the book. It was just to create the book. But in that time of what that experience that happened in my life, is that what pushed me to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do because I want to launch it in December. And that was my priority at that time. Probably my priority wasn't not to go out as much or not to travel as much. That was my priority at that time. Nowadays that I launched the book already, probably my priority is like, I'm gonna take two months to travel and do my things, but also keep working on the dream because you can yeah. never stop working. Like I said um, before, you have to put that little grain of sand every day, even though if it's just sitting in front of the computer, like it doesn't matter. You just have to do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Because Compounded efforts. Yeah, and some days you're going to have a, a whole pile of sand, but some days you're going to have three grains of sand, and that's okay also, but you're still going through the plan to your priority or your objective or your goal. 100%. I'm going to say there's one last thing before we get into the game that, yes. like, I, I definitely agree with you on multiple fronts. I mean, especially from being a creative far as an author, because me, that's a big reason why I got into finances, because... I don't want to be, like you said, a struggling author where everything is focused on the book and you're thinking more like a creative than a business owner, right? And you need to do both in order to be successful. Correct. So like, uh, it's funny, I'm going to leave you with this because this is a funny saying that I've heard like a lot from people that I work with, that if you want to know what someone truly cares about, look at what they spend their money on. 
like <laughs> what they spend their money on would tell you where their heart is, what's most important to them, what's their priorities. All my money goes on food and restaurants. <laughs> but that's important to you. That's an important part of your lifestyle. I mean, it makes sense. Like food for all. You're the drooling goddess. So, I mean, it, it adds up. So, I'm going to get us into our game before I wrap up this episode. And with the game, I haven't done this in a minute. Usually I stick to, you know, some normal games that I play on a regular, but just for you, just because I mess with you, Isabella, <laughs> I created a special specific game just for this episode. Yeah, I love it. I feel so, so honored. <laughs> so this game is called Name That Food. I'm a name of food. And you tell me where did it originate from? Like, who, who first started making it? Yeah, I know. Oh, wow. Okay. Hey. But is it like a dish or like a food, like, an, not, like a banana? Not like, not like a dish. It's like an item. Like, okay. Okay. Like, okay. I don't know uh, if I'm going to be good at this, but let's, yeah. let's give it a try. <laughs> All right. Cool. First one is the easy one. Taco. Mexico. Boom. All right. So you want for one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Second, cannoli. Cannoli, Italy, no? Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. We would have took Sicily, Italy, if you wanted bonus points, but Italy. Okay. Cool. Italy. All right. The third one is ramen. Okay. That must be Asian, but I don't know if that's like, no, it's not Japan. It must be like, Korea. Mm. So you find oh, no, you can be it can be also Thailand. Okay, my options are here China also can be counted as one. I will go for China. Yeah, let's go for China. So close. You psyched yourself out as Japan. It's from Japan. Like that's really? Like, yeah. I, I think I'm Japan. Be China, but ramen in Japan. Wow, I think that Japan is more of like omakase. You, do you know what omakase? Like the nigiris. Okay, so omakase. I'm gonna that little drooling goddess experience right here. So omakase is like um this prefix menus that they serve you like anigiri, like literally anigiri is like the sushi rice and then the little fish on the top. But there are so much varieties of fishes and cuts from the fishes. For example, the tuna has like five cuts, five different cuts. And all of those cuts taste differently. And they are amazing. So when I think of Japan, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm thinking about like that omakase experience because like you pay like, I don't know, $280 for like a 14 meal course. But like then eat, like then eat, this is just like a piece of rice and fish but the quality of the fish is so good that it actually like melts in your mouth it's good so if you have omakases where you are you need to go and try them probably they're not going to be as expensive as miami probably they're going to be so much cheaper but you need to try the experience so i got a disclaimer unfortunately i'm allergic to seafood no amazing that is the worst. That is the worst. I've never, I never. But shell, shellfish or or like fish itself. I think it's fish itself. I haven't got tested for it in years, so I'm still not sure. But I haven't had seafood so in so long. Like I don't even want to chance it. 
maybe you should go and test yourself because there are so many flavors that like grow out of it too well no yeah true but also like there are so much flavors that you're missing out yeah. on also if you're allergic i understand but probably you're not allergic anymore we'll see lamar like get tested <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 the fourth one all right potato salad where did that originate from okay is that like a it's like can it be a state or it's like country i'm gonna be nice it's from a country okay potato salad okay potatoes are from amsterdam they are really huge in potato Amsterdam, I will say Netherlands. I was surprised by this. Potato salad is originated from Germany. I would have never guessed that. Germany. Yeah, would have never guessed it when I looked at well, it. Well, you know that in Amsterdam, there's like this um, a lot of things that a lot of places that they sell like the French fries. That's why I thought about like potatoes. Mm -hmm. And they sell like the French fries and they have like half of the French fries with like garlic aioli and then the other half with like cheesy french fries and you can like get them in every point in amsterdam that sounds amazing wow oh my god you're about to make me hungry yeah me too i'm gonna after this i'm gonna go and eat no send you the book first and then eat got you the next one is apple strudel apple strudel where does that come from Yeah, this is a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough I one. I had to use Google to get in my bag because I would have never guessed half this stuff. Because I think of apple strudel like McDonald's. <laughs> but obviously not from there. Let me, all right, let me think. Okay, apple strudel, it's apples. So apples are originated. Originated. Wow, you got me on this one. Give up? No, no, I deny. <laughs> I deny to give up. Uh, also, at least I'm gonna. Okay, can you tell me the continent where it's coming from? Continent. See, I'm not hundred percent sure what continent this is. Then, I I think is it's it in like Europe. Is it like Europe? I think it's in Europe. Okay, okay. Apple strudel. Because I don't think it's in Asia, but I'm pretty sure it's in Europe. Yeah, it has to be Europe. Right. If potato size from Germany, I don't think you, you will put both on Germany. Awesome. It's not in Germany, I can tell you that. Maybe France. No, that's a pretty good guess. It's actually from Austria. Okay, I will never guess that. Yeah, that's, wow. Austria. that's where the Red Bull company is. Austria. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. The next one is harder. I don't even know what this is. I think it's like chicken or something. It's called yasa. Y-A-S-S-A. When we just say Y-A-S-S-A, is that India? Nah, it's from Senegal. Yeah, I need a picture of yasa now. I'll send it to you after we get off this. Is it like a casserole or what? Uh, I'm I'm gonna take a. Quick I'm gonna Google now. Yasa, like I am. Yasa. Like, this. It's a spicy dish served with onions and either marinated poultry or marinated fish. Yeah. Yeah. 
Especially like chicken and like. I will have figure because of the name. Okay, for the people that are not, this is Yasa. Yeah. It looked pretty good though. It's yeah, it looks pretty good. If I'm ever in Senegal, first thing I'm gonna do is get some Yasa. I'm gonna tell you that. Yeah, for sure. <gasps> An African dish. Nice. Next one, peri peri chicken. If you want half a point, just name the continent. But it's peri peri chicken. Peri peri chicken. Peri peri chicken. Okay, if I say the continent, do, do I get the point? You get half a point if you say the okay. continent. Also, probably something in Latin America. See? It's, it's from Africa, Mozambique. So it's Africa. You're moving to Africa, Lamar. You're losing my points here. <laughs> South Africa. The, the next two I feel like you should get. Well, yeah, one of the next two for sure is you should get. The next one is Potica. 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 What is that? Describe the dish, please. Describe it. All right. Hold up. Give me a second. Is it potica with like potica, a? It's like a. It's like strudel. It's, it looks almost like strudel. It's like a, a cinnamon rollish with like yeah, with like swirls on the inside. Okay. Okay. If it's a strudel. I don't know if it's exactly called a shrewdle. It's, it's called a roll. It's like, it's like a, a babka. What? Do you know what babka is? No, but I heard of it. Babka is like this um bread, but like covered in like Nutella. And it's amazing. Okay, can you repeat the potica? Potica. Potica. I don't know. I'm just going to take a guess. If you can name the continent, I'll give you half a point. I'm just gonna name a random place, Slovenia. You were right. No way. Oh <laughs> I'm surprised you guessed it right. Like, yes, it's from Slovenia. <laughs> it's really from Slovenia. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna name that most random place. It's really from Slovenia. Oh my god, I didn't think you would guess. I need to Google it because I don't even know how it looks. <laughs> oh my god, yes, it's from Slovenia. That was insane. Yeah, I'm surprised you guessed it right. That's dude, godly. I would give you bonus points if, if I could. I mean, I technically could, but we're gonna tell you the score afterwards. We're gonna do it. We're gonna right do now. It. You, you three of uh, three of eight. Okay, Oy. So next one, mousse. Mousse, like chocolate mousse. Yeah, like chocolate mousse. Hmm. I will guess something like France. Yeah. But I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. I get, like the mousse can also be like panacotta and that. <laughs> oh, we. See, see, think about it. <laughs> like, okay, I'm just, just gonna stick with France. Yeah, I was, I said yes already. I was surprised you was about to change your answer. Yeah, it's France. I was. Yeah, so four, four and nine. This is the last one. Okay. So if you get fifty percent, that's pretty good considering like these some like very 
Definitely. There are dishes that I don't even know, like Jossa, like I need to try that. I don't even know. That. So the last one is tortilla chips. Mexico, no? No. O sea, tortilla chips, America, no? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything yeah. that is fried, America. Yeah, tortilla chips are from America. I just thought I was going to somehow get you hey, on. It was, it was really tricky because yeah. I will say Mexico, but then I was like, mm -mm, Mexico is tacos, not, not frito. Yeah, tortilla chips from America. Nice. Do we have a state where they were originated? Uh, oh, yeah, I do. So it originated in Cali because in the 1940s, it was hyped up commercially. So like commercially, it became popular in LA in the 1940s. Wow, yeah. dude, that guy who made tortilla chips must be a billion, a trillion now. Yeah, I need to hit him up. I'm like, hey. Can we do an interview? Can we do an interview? Like, I need to pick you up. You the contact, let me know. I will send the book. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever you, whatever you need, like, we need to get the same room. I love this game, Lamar. This is so cool. Appreciate it. You did five out of 10. That's, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. 50%, 50%. Pretty good. La putica is the, the one that I have to go and find. Yeah, we got to find it. So that's all we have on this episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. Make sure you check out the next episode on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at Jack Onovan. You can follow Isabella at the drooling goddess i'll put her info in the bio as well when i publish this episode and as usual la out